listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM, 312-255-8408, 312-255-8408. The time is exactly 8.33 on this beautiful Monday morning in Chicago. And uh, Mark does a very interesting first half with Sister Stephanie. She's, she's such a joy. And, I and was that whole community is just so upbeat, and they're filled with the presence of God. And the traditional nun habit that they wear in that community is quite a positive symbol of the church. It, it really is. And that, that whole community, in that community, that com- they are loved by the people they in that sure area. Are. And they're protected And by they're, them. they're protected by yeah. them. Great second half lined up. As Catholic schools reopen for the new school year, social and emotional learning has become a focus. Social and emotional learning, S-E-L, is a process through which children and adults understand and manage emotions, set and achieve positive goals, feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain positive relationships, and make responsible decisions. Here to discuss the reopening of Catholic schools as well as the social and emotional learning program are, I've I've been doing this program for years, Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you we've got a lineup of maybe the three hardest names to pronounce, (laughs) the wonderful people, but I'm going to give us a try. Yesenia Maldonado, Office of the Catholic School's Director of Social and Emotional Learning, Rana Briskis, Principal of a Queen of Angels School, and Yona Kunisker, Social Emotional Learning Teacher. Welcome, Yesenia, Rana, and Yona to a program this morning. Are you all three with us? We are. Yes, this is Yesenia. Good morning. I think, okay, well, welcome to the program. And I'm going to begin with uh, Yesenia, and that is, this has been such a volatile topic. Do schools open? Do Catholic schools not open? Do they do so, uh, social distance learning, you know, e-learning, the whole thing? And so I've had so many principals and teachers tell me this summer this has not been a summer for them because they have spent hours and hours and hours with new protocols, directives, and changes to be made just to get the doors open so, Yesenia, maybe you just talk about that for a moment as it relates to your area of specialty. Um, I'm going to give the floor to you for a moment. Thank you. And you, in your definition, you talked about what social and emotional learning is. And we understand that that's not only for our adults, and they are, it's also for our children. So it is for both. So as we talk about the stress of reopening, as we talk about the things that are necessary um, to bring our children and our families back together in classroom or in virtual settings, we understand that this is taken, we've been through a collective experience uh, that we need one another during this time. And social-emotional learning really helps us focus on what are, how are we feeling about what we've all experienced and how do we deal with that in a way that is okay for us? How do we manage those emotions? 
And then how do we make decisions like those responsible decisions, like wearing a mask and keeping the social distancing that we need to do to keep ourselves safe when we're together? And how do we understand the importance of that is those skills that we're talking about right now. And so within whether we are in person or whether we are a family is choosing to do the virtual option, we understand the stress that puts under all of us to be able to do that in a safe way. And so paying attention to those social-emotional learning skills is what's essential for our schools right now, not only for our children as they return back and kind of understanding the routines and being able to kind of create that normalcy again about understanding what comes next, but also for our teachers who need that support on how to take care of themselves and also how to, you know, how do we collectively kind of gather together and learn how to implement these skills, not only for our students, but also for ourselves. You know, it's, it's a very complicated matrix, and along those lines, Rana, you are the principal of Queen of Angels School. As I mentioned earlier, I'm sure for you this has been one of the hardest summers you can ever remember in your life, in your years of teaching or being principal. And just what uh, Yaseni has said, you know, maybe kind of add on to that understanding. Well, it has been a very, very stressful summer for teachers and administrators alike, especially for the teachers at Queen of Angels since they have a new administrator (laughs) this school year. So it has been challenging. I think the most important thing to remember is that we need to support our teachers this administration. We have to have open and honest communication with our teachers. Teachers who express anxiety or frustration are likely to alienate students, and it could impact the classroom. So first and foremost, we need to make sure that our teachers have the support that they need, they can create the work-life balance that they need, and they're able to make positive impacts in our classrooms. As for our students, we have to make sure that they are focusing on health and safety protocols in and outside of school and learning that citizenship these days really ties into COVID-19. Being a responsible citizen now looks a little differently, and we're really trying to instill in our students that what they're doing outside of school really impacts what is happening inside of school. Yona, uh, as a social-emotional learning teacher, so I'm a grandpa, and I look at our four granddaughters, and our behaviors have changed. We can't hug them. We can't you know, we wear the mask, we distance. We had a birthday celebration where we were distanced in terms of even having a meal. Um, how, how, and my, our daughter-in-law, it, it, you know, she just looks sad that they can't express themselves. She said even walking to the park now used to be smiles and, and now they're cautious about anybody walking by them. How do you work with the little ones, the young people, to let them know it's going to be all right down the road? And, you know, our little ones say, well, it's the bug. It's the bug. We have to, you know, the bug. Um, anyway, that's a long question. But the question is how, how their confusion, how do you deal with that? So I believe we need to start with some patience. And so SEL classes with a little bit of mindfulness um, and recognizing where everyone, how they feel that day, how are they doing that day, how are they relating with one another, um, and then taking that to the next step and um, building on that. So help them take some 
ownership and um, empowering them to move through the day. And, and during this time when we we don't, the choices are very difficult. Like mm-hmm. we, we, a lot of things are out of our own control. Um, we want to empower the students to have some control in their life and learn how to regulate how they're feeling and interacting with one another. Um, and so we'll be doing a lot of work around that. And also, as I mentioned, just patience and breathing and slowing down, um, especially well, when it, you're... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish, please. Um, especially before we begin any academics and add another level of newness, we really want to make sure that we have the tools established um, before moving moving forward. It's important what you said about dealing with them in that day, in that moment. It's very interesting because we have a brand new granddaughter. Couldn't hold her for two months. And uh, now that she's a little bit more substantial in weight and stuff, my daughter, our daughter-in-law said we could hold her. My little five-year-old is sitting next to me and I'm holding our little granddaughter and she's looking at her and she said, you know what she's realizing? They call me Papa Treats. You know what she's realizing? I said, no, she's realizing you're her grandpa. And I I thought not to have those moments because of what you said. It's so difficult uh, to keep distanced and to make sure you follow the protocols to keep everybody safe. In a school environment, I remember seeing Paul the Cross, the kindergarten teacher, Ange Grafer, was like Mother Earth with those kids. I mean, they just – how do you – I'm probably asking all three of you, how, how do you allow the teacher, coach the teacher to instill those protocols when the natural instinct is they love their teachers? Who would like to attempt that one? I think the important thing here is just to create some different and new routines. So we just need to be mindful of our personal space these days. And we need to support our students and give them the tools to be able to succeed with this new normal. So as opposed to kind of running up and hugging your teacher or giving them a high five or doing all of these things that you would typically do on the first day of school, just learning and teaching and modeling different strategies of how to greet one another. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could be with an elbow bump or it could be with, you know, um, an air high five. And just kind of making things fun, even though they might look a little different than we're used to, there's still ways to interact and show our emotions between one another. Yeah, I have to say this, and that is, you know, when I remember being in kindergarten and grammar school, especially when you were very little, that whole interaction is so important. And one of you said new ways of learning and behavior. In some ways, it's sad because... You know, in terms of hugging, you know, even a dog or cat really loves to be hugged, cuddled, or petted. And all of a sudden now we're giving high fives, air high fives, elbow bums, which is what we have to do. Mm-hmm. There's got to be that social distancing. But I remember when I was in kindergarten, <laughs> you know, I was, I was very aggressive in terms of I go around tackling my buddies. They were tackling me because, you know, it was rough, rough housing and playing and, and the trampoline and all the other stuff in the, in, the, in the play yard. And all that's so different today. And so I, I was doing nothing wrong but just, you know, roughhousing with my buddies in kindergarten, first grade. And that's all part of that social learning interaction just to be part of a community. And now we're trying to teach these small children 
new ways. Oh, don't hug. Give an air high five, elbow bump. Like, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm 67 years old. As a priest, I love hugging people, handshakes, everything. And even I'm now, as you mentioned, I'm learning new behaviors where I give air hugs, virtual hugs, elbow bashes, instead of normal greetings. And so we're going to talk more about that. We're losing time here. Uh, Mark, take us to break. So we're going to take a little break. WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about how to safe, how we are safely reopening our Catholic schools and the social and emotional learning that's necessary for our students and teachers to adjust to this very, very difficult time. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. annual Monsignor Michael Bolin Golf Invitational was unfortunately canceled for this year, but we are still gathering online to offer support to Catholic Charities Family Stabilization Services that benefit each year from this outing. Catholic Charities has been working non-stop throughout the pandemic to help the growing number of people who have lost their jobs and never before imagined needing assistance. Can you help us help them? Become a sponsor, purchase raffle tickets, or simply make a donation to help people who are very much in need this summer. This special online drive and raffle continues through August 31st. For more information, visit the events page on Catholic Charities' website and look for the Monsignor Bowen Golf Invitational. Thank you for helping make this a major win for a great cause this year. More and more people around the world are interested in their family history. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Do you have a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. 
back. WNDZ 750 AM on your dial. Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Michael May, look what I have to put up with with Mark here. He can't get his headphones. I almost got choked on those headphones. He almost almost hurt himself with his headphones. Anyway, seriously, Yesenia, Rana, and Yona, uh, this is a difficult time. You are in positions where you're to be leaders and healers in many ways. What's difficult for you during this time? What's most difficult um, that you're dealing with? Because you're human beings, you know. This is, this is not something that has a roadmap and you can easily solve. I think one of the most challenging um, factors right now is setting boundaries for work-life balance, um, especially when we were teaching remotely. Um, it was hard to have a cutoff time for work um, for whatever reason that may be. Maybe there were multiple students um, doing e-learning in the same home, so you would be working maybe at 8 a.m. until who knows what hour mm-hmm. of the night to work through. So that's been one of the more challenging factors. Somebody else. Yeah, and I think what the challenging I thing as an administrator at the moment. Self-care strategies. Say it again, so please. Things, I'm sorry. Um, for me, for me, it's actually remembering my own self-care strategies that I'm trying to help teachers and schools implement. And in our schools, I have to remember to practice those myself. And so when those long days happen, remembering to kind of figure out what are rituals that I can end my day with, whether it's, um, you know, listening to, you know, logging on and doing the the end of the day prayer or calling the prayer line, doing a three-minute retreat to start my day, you know, all of those things that I know give me a beginning that is one of gratitude and one based in my faith, as well as how do I end my day. And then just remember our values and be able to kind of act those values out. And our actions are oftentimes ways to reduce uh, stress. And so those are practices that I just try to remember in those moments because Mm -hmm. we're all experiencing hard times. Keep going there. It's two so far. Who as an administrator, we- go ahead. Oh. Go as ahead. an administrator, I feel that Catholic schools are all about community, and so right now the most challenging thing as an administrator is to really have consistent, open, and honest communication with my parents, my staff, and my students because we have such different routines, and we have to make sure that we are maintaining the health and safety of the school. So parents can't see the ins and outs of everything that's happening every single day. So I think just making sure that we've got that open and honest communication that's very, very consistent, and that way it gives our parents a sense of ease that they're sending their children to school. I find it was interesting. Those were great answers, responses from the heart. And when you hit upon that word community, isn't it something the whole thrust of Jesus was to form and gather in his name a sense of community. And the very thing we're trying to do, we're not allowed. Mm -hmm. Because even when people come to Mass now, you have limits, there's masks, there's social distancing, they're uh, brought into church, they exit church, same pew in, same pew out. And with school, that holds, especially for a child, learning social skills, emotional skills, the work that you do, which is phenomenal, you do a great job, all of you, but it's so now magnified and more difficult because if it's e-learning, you're talking to a screen and Zoom meetings, you see little squares of people, but does that whole social interaction so that I'm sure for the three of you and dealing with parents, it's not a parent conference in the room with them, 
It's by telephone, teleconference, Zoom. So it's just the very thing we're about, this whole thing, we are social beings in community. It seems like this COVID-19 isolates us. And especially with the children, they need to be in a community, but it's, your work is so magnified and harder because they can't be right now. Uh, who would want to respond to that? Or just maybe just my own yeah. frustration. I would love to because I think we want to also think about, is yes, it is challenging, and we never want to take away from that. And I think one of the things I find myself saying oftentimes to schools and to churches and to our community is that we are challenged with being physically distant but staying socially connected. Mm -hmm. We have to redefine what that looks like, and we have to think about creative ways to continue to do that. And so there are ways that we are still feeling connection. And so reaching out, whether it's hearing someone's voice, and it looks different, and no one can take away that it looks different, but there is something that we crave as still being connected. Connection just looks different, but we're still having those connections different from someone who is isolating themselves, reading the Bible by themselves, potentially, and not, not connecting with anyone whatsoever. Having a screen time, having a call with someone, reaching out to someone that you know may not have somebody on a daily basis goes a long way. There's ranges of connection, and this is a range of connection that we don't want to ever lose sight of because the, the other side of that connection can be isolation. And we're not isolated yet. We can choose not to be isolated. Mm -hmm. We can still be, um, we can be, again, it's physically distant, but we can still be socially connected. That's I can show phrase. you acknowledgement through the eyes. I can show you acknowledgement that I see you in other ways. Now, there is an, another level of frustration. I've been in ministry 43 years. This is the first year. I've ever been asked to do something that I can't do because of physical limitations um, and, and my own safety in terms of interaction with folks and the virus, et cetera. That's a terribly, terribly difficult spot to be in, especially when you've always wanted to go 150%, get things done, always be helpful. I'm sure you have many, many teachers in that situation too. How do you handle that? Anybody want to give that a response in terms of it? Uh, when you're dealing with uh, faculty, younger faculty, older faculty, that we can talk about the children with their social and emotional learning, but we adults are also human beings with feelings and in, in, um, emotions. And so this is not only for the children, but for the adults too. It's a whole learning curve. And, and we're, here's the thing. <clears throat> we are creating the program as we go along. There's no playbook. No. That's the thing. There's no playbook on all of this. And I think all your responses have been terrific in terms of how to go about it. But the, key, the word you keep using, all of you, is it's different, it's challenging, but somehow we have to move forward with the help and grace of God. Mm -hmm. I think no, absolutely. And when oh, it comes ahead. to our... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, when it comes to our teachers and our staff, we just need to remember that emotions matter. So... Yes, we have teachers, we have staff members, but at the core, they're human beings. They have feelings, they have emotions, and we need to recognize that. So we did a lot of work over the summer um, just kind of talking these things out via Zoom meetings and just bringing it all out onto the table. Because, again, when teachers express anxiety or frustration, it will affect the classroom. We also need to know that our emotions matter for the health and well-being of our teachers and their performance. 
So some things that we could do as administrators is we can pose the question in a faculty professional development at the school. So what are the hopes? What are our goals? What are our feelings? What are top five things that we want to feel throughout the school year? And then once we come up with a list of kind of our goals, then we can kind of focus on what are two or three strategies that we can implement throughout the school year to help us feel positive each and every day. And again, it may look different than it has in years past, but it doesn't mean that we can't get there if we work together. I like that. Yeah, I was going to say that I, I think part of the difficulty does become it's an, it's an environment none of us can control. And yeah. physically, limitations that maybe didn't make a difference for years and years for any of us, all of a sudden now... Our doctors are saying, no, you cannot put yourself in this situation. I mean, it's just a difficult, difficult situation. Yeah, I, I find that uh, <clears throat> the fact that I'm 67 years old and being told I have to be careful because I'm high risk. Me too. And with you too, Mark. And so it's, 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 uh, we're not 20 anymore, and it's different. So I want to thank in a very special way. You've <clears throat> been a great program. Yesenia Maldonado, Office of Catholic Schools Director of Social and Emotional Learning, Rana Briskus, principal of Queen of Angels School in Chicago, and Yona Kunitsker, social-emotional learning teacher. I want to thank the three of you for joining us here on Catholic Chicago, on WNDZ. And um, I just think the work you're doing is marvelous. And when we're, we're it, with the help and grace of God, we will get through this. It's been a tough road. But I always tell people, God is with us, and God will see us through. So to Yesenia and Rana and Yona, thank you very much for joining us on the program. Special thanks to co-host Mark Teresi. Always Great job, honor. Mark. Great job of our Great engineer, Michael May, and producer Jim Dishwan. And welcome in a very special way, Vince Gerasoli, the new director of the Office Radio and TV. I want to say thank you for the great work of Jim Dish, who will be leaving the program or leaving the office. Many years here in the Archdiocese. God bless Jim and Vince. Have a great day, all. God bless. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.